0: subject of prayer and we did not have time to go into the uh, further of the subject which I believe to be utmost important if you're going to be a spirit-filled Christian and we are going to have 2020 vision in 2020 it's going to take not only us to ask the Lord to teach us to pray but to master the Word of God and that reason I felt led today to deal with this particular subject I believe it's going to be a blessing to you in fact I know it will be And uh, by the way, as we go along in the text today, I do not have as many slides to present, but if you'll grab your pencil and pen, I'll tell you how you can follow along. If you'll write your ABCs, you can probably get a good idea of where we're going in the message today. But let me tell you what happened last week. I got a call this week. You're not going to believe this. I got a call last week, and a man told me this. He said, Pastor, I showed up last Sunday morning. He said, but listen, what happened? I said, what happened? He said, as I was walking through the door, the double doors, it was like this particular force was trying to keep me from coming in. He said, it was almost as if a knee was in my back. He said, I've been in a dark place. I've been really going through a dark time. There's probably somebody you today that understands what he's saying. And then he said, I just almost turned around and left because I sensed this, this overwhelming presence in my life trying to hold me back from going to church. And then he further said, But I went on inside. And he was here last week. He said, And as I sat down, I still felt this overwhelming presence. He said, In fact, I'll tell you this. I'm being honest with you. He said, I got these bad thoughts in my mind. For the last few weeks, I've had these terrible thoughts running through my mind. He said, I don't know what it was. I don't know. I can't explain it to you. But he said, This. He said, When you opened up the Bible, the Word of God, last Sunday, that presence left right then and there. He said it has not been back since. When you opened the Word of God, he said, and I could tell God was working in his life, but anyway, he said, uh, I just wanted to give God praise and glory. I'm telling you, there's power in the Word of God. There's power in the Word of God. And By the way, you don't know what somebody's going through right now today. they sitting here. I'm telling you, there's a lot of needs always. And so I rejoiced and gave God the glory and praise for what he had done in uh, that uh, man's life. And I'm convinced, listen to me, I'm going to share with you something that I hope you'll get it. And here it is. First, you've got to believe it, then you'll see it. Then you'll receive it, and then you'll achieve it. If you do not believe it, you're not going to see it. We want to see it first, and then we believe it. And yet God says, if you believe it, then you're going to see it. I do not understand how a person can sit under the Word of God consistently, week after week, or day after day, and yet continue to live in a habitual uh, lifestyle that does not please God. It just don't make sense. Oh, but it really does. Because we can see the truth of God's Word, but not believe it, and therefore will not receive it, and therefore will not achieve it. But if you believe it, then you'll see it. And then you'll receive it. So I don't know how many of you today are going to receive the Word of God, you're going to believe it, but I hope you will. Jesus put it this way. He said, man shall not live on bread alone, but out of every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. And by the way, that's when he was tempted to the devil, remember, when he fasted and prayed. For how long? Forty Days. Wait a minute. Somebody else said something about the Bible, and it was the psalmist. The psalmist said this the entrance of thy word giveth light. God says, I'll turn the light on when my word is proclaimed. And my word, when you open up the word, praise the Lord, it opens you up. It was the psalmist, that's Psalm 119, verse 130. And by the way, the psalmist said. He said, Wherewithal shall a young man clean, cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Oh, yes, with my whole heart I have sought thy commandment. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. At Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. But wait a minute. Uh, Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 23. The Bible's like a hammer that breaks in pieces. He said, It's like a fire shut up in my bones. Oh, there's a Bible uh, do you love your Bible? Do you love your Bible? Oh, yes. What a minute. Paul, he said all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All Scripture, graphite, is given by theonumotos. God breathed, not just some of it, but all of it's inspired of God. Oh, but listen, are you going to believe it? Are you going to see it? Are you going to let the devil put you to sleep? Are you going to let the devil uh, close your mind? Oh, I pray today you'll see it, you'll believe it, and you'll receive it. Why? Peter said it this way. Peter said in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 16 following, he said, look, if anybody had any reason to brag or boast, I certainly did. I was with Jesus and saw all of his miracles. And he said, but yet we have a more sure word of prophecy. That's 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Peter's an old man. He's fixing to leave off the scene. He knows that what the people need to do. Watch this. Y'all listen now. Are you listening? Say amen if you're listening. He knows that people today want to run everywhere to find some sensational thing, and they've got to find this or that. Jesus is not really adequate and the Bible's not really adequate, hey, be careful about running here and there. Get in the Word. Find out who you are in Christ. Be built up in the Word of God and you won't have to run here and there and try to find something new and some sensationalism. You can discover who God is and who He is in His Word and if you'll get in the Word of God, it'll get in you. Listen, all Word without spirit, you dry up all spirit without word you you up but all spirit and all word you grow up may God help us to grow up today amen in the word of God speaking of that one grandmother was sitting in church one day like you are right now she opened her Bible and a leaf a leaf l-e-a-f fell out of her Bible her grandson said look mama Adam's underwear all right I hope more is in your Bible than Adam's underwear all right hey where are we going today? We're going today and talking about the Word of God. And uh, I want you to know, in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, turn there, but as you're turning there, listen, do you know why we stand to read the Bible? Can I tell you why? Y'all have devotion every morning. I had my devotion this morning. I was reading the book of Nehemiah. Do you know why there's a pulpit right here, why we stand behind this? Do you know why? It's not for show. Do you know it's in the Bible? How many knew that? It's in the Bible. It's in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, in the days of Nehemiah, they put a wood pulpit, and Nehemiah stood behind it. And you know what? When they opened the Bible in the days of Nehemiah, you know what they did? They read the Bible. Guess what the people did? They stood up in respect to the Word of God. I don't ask you to stand just because of trying to get exercise. There's a reason. I'm telling you, when we as a nation and when we as a people, a Christian people, respect the Word of God, it'll change your life. When you just take it commonplace and it's just, oh, it's just some, you know, book and, and yeah, I know everybody's God it and it's number one seller. But when we learn to respect this is the word of God, it's God's life to us. And Peter said that no prophecy of the scriptures of been in private interpretation, but uh, holy men of God speak as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So we're turning today in respect to the Word of God. If you're not able to stand, that's fine. You can read the Bible sitting down. I read the Bible sitting down. But today, let's stand together, if you're able, Hebrews chapter 4. I'll just describe to you why I'll ask you to stand, uh, if you're able, because it's in the Bible. Hello. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 4. And here's where we're going today. I want to share with you uh, how to, uh, the title of the message is this, Know the Word. Know the word. Anybody know what the book of uh, Zephaniah is all about? I talked to a man this week. He said, man, I didn't even know how to pronounce it, let alone know what's in it. Do you know what the book of Zephaniah is about? Anybody? Do you know what the book of uh, Haggai is about? Anybody know what the book of Haggai is about? How about, how, How about some of the other books? What about Obadiah? You know what Obadiah is about? See, we we, we really, we know a lot of things about what's going on around us, but my goal and my challenge as your pastor is that you know the Word of God and help you learn the Word of God. And so i got a feeling we can use some improvement in learning the Word of God. Can I get an amen? All of us could. Me too. I'm still in kindergarten. Hebrews chapter 4. And I want to read, please, just two verses as we talk about knowing the Word of God. And here in Hebrews, I believe Paul to be the writer, and others say others, uh, Barnabas, Silas, it doesn't matter. The point is the Holy Spirit inspired. And the emphasis is pressing on to know the Lord Jesus, the power of His resurrection, entering into rest, along with some warnings in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, I begin reading in verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into His rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. The writer is talking about the Israelites uh, because of their unbelief. They wandered the wilderness 40 years. They did, Consequently, they couldn't enter into rest. And uh, it's a sign of unbelief. Well, today that can be just as said about us. Do we believe the word of God? Do we just see it? No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or do we really believe it? I'm going to ask you, listen, I'm going to ask you today if you'll go a little further when it comes to the Bible. I'm going to ask you this year, 2020, will you commit today to say, you know, i I want to know the Word of God. I want to study it. I want to read it. I want to memorize it. I want to meditate on it. I want to hear it preached. I mean, the Word of God has life-changing power. Will you commit more? I believe all of us could go a little further when it comes to this thing of prayer and the Word. Now, verse 2 is very important. Look at verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as it unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Why? Not being mixed with what? Faith in them that heard it. You can hear the word of God today. You can come to church today. But look, if you don't mix it with faith, you're not going to get anything out of it. And that's why a lot of people come to church every Sunday and they don't get anything out of it. They're not mixing the word of God with faith. That challenges me and I'm sure it challenges you as well. Because which is easy to commonplace? Well, I know Hebrews, and I'm chapter 4. That's a dangerous place for us who've been a Christian a little while to just begin to let our minds run. Well, I know this, and I know that, and I've heard this, and this and that. Come to the Lord today with a clean slate and say, God, give me faith to believe you and your word. Now, skip down to verse 12. For the word of God is quick, zoe, quick, zoe. That word means life. The word of God is quick. That is alive and powerful. The word "powerful" there is where we get our word "energy." Energia. The word of God is quick and powerful. It's alive and it's. Oh yes, it's not only alive and it's full of energy, but it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul. The word, soul. There's suke. That means our mind, our will, our emotions. Can I tell you this before I read any further? I can save you a lot of money today. I can save you a lot of money. You know why? Because the medical world tells us a large percentage of people in the hospital today are there because of stress and worry. I'll save you a whole pile of money. If you'll get in the Word of God, you'll start believing God and start uh, dealing with stress and start dealing with worry, it'll save you a pile of money From having to go to doctors and hospitals and put on this, that, and the other. And I'm not saying always, many, many cases. I'm just telling what the medical world says. A large case of the people that are having problems today is because of stress and worry and that sort of thing. Well, God's got a remedy for that. I said, God's got a remedy for that. I said, if we'll believe God, I know you're sitting here filtering this through the intellect of your own emotions saying. I don't know if I believe that or not. Check out the stats, if you don't believe me, and it'll save you a whole pile of money plus a whole lot of heartache. Don't you want that? Only a crazy person wouldn't want to save money. Only a crazy person wouldn't want to save some heartache for your family. Let's just obey God, all right? Hey, verse 12 again. The word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than an two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner. That Greek word for discerner is critic. God says, "I, the word of God discerns the thoughts and intents of our heart. I don't know what's in your heart, but God says when you get in the Bible, it will absolutely turn the light on, expose your heart. I don't know about y'all, but I need it. I said I need it, because our hearts deceitful above all things and desperate and wicked. It's easy for us to just get complacent, and, and I need God to speak to my heart, convict me, bring me into the truth. Father, thank you now for our time together. We bless you, Lord, that you've given us your word. It's more precious than gold. Yes, more than fine gold. It's more sweeter than honey, even the honeycomb. And I believe, Lord, that I, as well as your people today, want to delight ourselves in the word of God today. And I pray you'll build us up in the word. You'll make us people of the book that we'll not just read it, but we'd heed it, and we'd apply it to our life. And so, Father, we'll praise you that as you change us today, that God, your word will fall on good ground and bring forth fruit, and that lives will be changed. And we thank you now, precious Jesus, for your saving grace, your cleansing blood, and your will for our life as we come even into this 2020. We pray now, open our eyes and hearts to receive the incorruptible, the indestructible, the eternal Word of God. I love you, Lord, and give you praise for your love for me. And we just commit this time to you. I pray for a fresh cleansing in my own heart and that you'll get uh, all the preeminence in glory. Bless each one we're here that's here today. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. The Word of God. You may be seated. Here's where we're going today. How many of you are taking notes? Let me see your hand. All right. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you. You're going to have to write very fast. And besides that, if you miss something, let me know afterwards and I'll be glad to help you, okay? All we're going today is I begin to think about the message and the Lord begin to inquicken in my heart the Word of God, the significance of the Word of God. It's got to be mixed with faith, number one. But number two, let's talk about when you're going through something in this life, what do you do? A, When you're angry, is there anybody here angry today? You ever get angry? Sure you do. Everybody gets angry every once in a while. Anger is not a sin, but it can lead to sin. In fact, Jesus was angry, but he did not sin. What do I do when I'm angry? What do I do when I'm uh, irritated and angry? I turn to this book right here. You know where I look? I look over in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. I told you, I'm not going to spoon feed you today. I'm not going to have everything on the screen. You're going to have to take this in. You know what? You're going to take it in intellectually. So I encourage you to get the tape or uh, to write down some of this. The Word of God mixed with faith. Anger. What do we do when we face anger? I turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26. Paul said this, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. How many of you all angry at somebody in your family? How many are angry at yourself? How many are angry at God? Come on, don't act like you're, (laughs) you know, I never get angry. You do? You really do. I told you I never get angry until things don't go my way. What do you do when you're angry? I turn to the Bible. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You know what the word anger is? Three Greek words. You don't have to write this down, but the word peragismos means seething hostility. Thumos is an explosive type of anger, and then the word that's used here, be angry or gay. The word means as it says. Here's the problem. We nurse it, we curse it, we rehearse it. The more you think about it, the madder you get, right? You're there, aren't you? I know you're there. The more you think about it, you nurse it, you curse it, you rehearse it. What do I do when I'm angry? I come to the Bible, and I realize if I don't deal with it, it'll deal with me. I told y'all a few years ago, I was down preaching a revival down in Florida. I'll never forget it. Heading down to the old big city of Orlando, Florida. A church, uh, Oak Hill Baptist Church. I stopped by a place right there off the interstate. Uh, it's a little past uh, almost where you veer off the interstate on I 75. What's that little place down there? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway. It doesn't matter. The point is, I had to stop to use the restroom. I stopped at a place called KFC. And by the way, that's not Kids for Christ, okay? It's Kentucky Fried Chicken. And as I stopped, I went into the restroom, and I heard a man talking on the phone. I could not understand what he was saying. He was seemingly talking in a different language, at least to me and as i flushed the commode the water began to overflow the commode and been to uh, spill out onto the floor the man to my surprise came running out of the stall got right in my face and said i ought to kick your blankety 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 but he didn't say blankety i don't know the last time you had somebody get right in your face My daughter said, Daddy, he got in your grill. I'm telling you, she wasn't there. But he got right in my face and started uh, just cussing me out. I was, needless to say, shocked. All I could think about was the next morning, reading in the paper, Georgia Baptist pastor kills dope addict at KFC. You know, all I know this, I almost said, all right, you want some of me? Come on and get some of me. The old BC would have said that, but I know I'm saved, hallelujah, because I could walk away. I can't get a witness there. I'm telling you, I walked away from that man who was ranting and raving and cussing and and, uh, my old flesh, I could feel it rising up. But thank God I know I'm saved because the old man would have probably engaged him. But I walked out of there. I'm telling you, I started shouting down the road. I said, Lord, I know you've done a work in my life because I'm not the same old uh, person I used to be. (laughs) Then a man been Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What do I do when I'm bitten with bitterness? B, if you're wondering. B in your notes. Bitten with bitterness. I take this Bible right here. You see, anger can lead to bitterness. And some of you are bitter today. Some of you are bitter. You've been through some bad experiences. I look over there in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, where Paul wrote and said, looking diligently, lest any seed of bitterness, seed of bitterness springing up trouble you, thereby cause many to be defiled. That's Hebrews 12, 15. A seed, not a big plant, a seed. All it takes is a little seed. Is there anybody here bitten with bitterness? Yes, what do you do? I had the privilege of preaching at a church down called Whitney Baptist Church back in October, preaching revival. It's in Leesburg, Florida. Anybody know where Leesburg, Florida is? On Wednesday night, began to preach the word of God. Thursday night, preach the word of God. I saw a couple sitting in the back, A man and a young lady. The young lady I later discovered was about 33 years old. Her name was Crystal. Her husband was a little older, maybe 35 at the time. I could see God was dealing with them. By the way, I can look out and see faces in the congregation in the morning. I can tell if you're getting it or if you're not. I can tell if you're engaged or you're not. I can tell if you're troubled or you're not. I can tell what God's doing oftentimes in your life. Not because of me, but the Holy Spirit just reveals things when I look at your face as I'm preaching the Word of God. Some of you get it, some of you don't. But anyway, I looked out and I could tell the Lord was dealing with this couple and later that night they stayed back and it was just me and them after everybody else left. I was standing back at the back of the door and you know what this young lady told me? she said pastor I've been angry I've been mad I've been bitter I had not wanted to come to church I've been angry and I said well what's the matter you mind me asking her and her husband were standing there she said I'll tell you what happened when I was seven years old until the time I was 13 years old I was sexually abused by my next-door neighbor my mama knew the next-door neighbor and she didn't do anything about it she said I've been angry and bitter ever since I was angry at God I was mad at God I didn't want anything to do with God I didn't want anything to do with the church by the way people still come to church that same mindset this isn't just down in florida this is god bless jasper county too oh yes and maybe somebody you is sitting here today just battling with things like this well i told her i said well you got a choice my friend either you can let it go or you can hold on to it if you hold on to it you become the loser but if you let it go you can win what do you want to do and I took the Bible and shared with her how she could let it go and be free for whom the Son sets free. It's free indeed. And certainly she prayed and said, God, take this anger and bitterness out of me. And thank God, God did it. The next night, I'll tell you the rest of the story. The next night she showed up at church with her husband. There was a glow about her. She had a smile about her. I can tell when somebody's blessed of the Lord versus I'm looking out and seeing your face and you got a long look on your face and a sad look on your face and a you know a discouraged look on your face. But she had a smile on her face. I could tell the Word of God had done the job. In fact, when we gave the invitation, she came down to the altar, her and her husband, and her husband testified before that whole church of Whitney Baptist Church. He said this. He said, I've not been the husband leading my family in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. He said, I've not been set an example of going to church. How many know that men have been given the authority to be the spiritual leader in our home? Come on now, y'all shut off, y'all shut me off right there. I'm telling you, there's some men today in this place right now that need to step up and say, I want to assume my responsibility before the Lord. Well, God did that for that couple and they went away rejoicing. I hope to see them somewhere down the road. What do I do? see when I've got care on my mind and care in my heart. I'll tell you what I do. I pick up this book right here and I say, well, let's see. Wait a minute. I turn over to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 and I see where the Lord said to Peter, Peter said this, Peter understood about care. Oh, yes, he did. He denied the Lord three times after the Lord Jesus had said you was going to deny me. He said, no, I won't. And yet, what do you do about care? 1 Peter 5 and 7, Peter said, Cast all thy care upon the Lord. Cast all thy care upon the Lord. You know what that word cast is? It's the word ballo, B-A-L-L-O. Literally it means throw your care upon the Lord. Is there anybody here that's got care? Why, you've been building a house and moving in a house or, or you've been remodeling your house or, or you've got stress on your job, you've got care. There's family issues that you can't fix. It's care, it's concern. What are you going to do with it? I'm telling you the power of the word of God. I wouldn't know what to do with it if I didn't open up 1 Peter 5 and 7 where God said cast all your care upon the Lord. He cares for you. And I say Lord if that's what you tell me to do I'm going to believe it and then I'll see it and then I'll receive it and then I'll achieve it. Why I can look over there and Psalm chapter 55 and verse 22, where the psalmist said, cast thy burden upon the Lord, he shall sustain thee. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Oh, listen, brother. Listen, the care of the world. How many of you got some financial care today? Come on, be honest. I'll tell you what, God's good all the time. Yes, he is. And recently, I will not go into a lot of details, but just to share a testimony. When you got bills, you got to pay. But then God is faithful to provide for our needs. Yes, he is. And so cast your care upon the Lord. D stands for depressed. What do I do when I'm depressed? Some of you today, you've been down. You've been gloomy. You've been doomy. Oh, no, you don't act like it. You put on a front when we come to church. But truth be known deep down inside, you're down in the dumps. What do you do when you're depressed? I'll tell you what you do. You turn over to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mount up with wings as eagles. Run and not grow weary. Walk and not faint. Brother, that was a shot of B12 for somebody today. You know why? Because Isaiah said this, young men even faint, they grow weary, but they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength, exchange their strength. Is there anybody here that's tired? Is there anybody here that's weary? Is there anybody here that's got a lot on them? I'm telling you, you can open up this blessed book right here and say, Lord, I need my strength to be renewed. I don't know about you, but there's times when I get... Uh, down, and I say, Lord, I turn over there to Psalm 42. Y'all getting these verses down? Psalm 42. And I find over there in Psalm 42, the psalmist got down, but he didn't stay down. As a deer pants after water at a brook, so may my soul pant after thee, O God. That's Psalm 42, 1. And then the psalmist said in Psalm 42 in the latter part of the chapter, He said, Why art thou disquieted, O my soul? Why are you down in the dumps? Why are you discouraged? You know already said, He said, hope thou in God, hope thou in God. I'm telling you today, there's power in the Word of God. I'm telling you, you need to know your Word. You can turn to the Bible. Oh, it's not just a a me book, it's a God book. Amen. It's not a me book, it's a God book. Amen. That's a good place to say amen. It's not a me book, it's a God book. Yes, it is. What do you do when you need encouragement? Is there anybody here that needs encouragement? Why you just been through Christmas and you spent all your money and now you're in a lull right now and the hype and the lights and the festivities and the songs have got you in the blues. You got in January and what do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You turn over there to First Samuel chapter thirty and verse number six. I find a man by the name of David who, by the way, had had his family taken away from him. What do I mean? over there the philistines the enemies of israel they came into the city of called Ziglag. you know what they did they uh took david's wives and and the men that were uh david's men they burned the city i don't know that wouldn't be good if you walked home or you came home and your family wasn't there anymore you know what david did you know what his men did The Bible teaches in 1 Samuel 30 that David's own men spoke of watch this, stoning him. Why? He was the culprit. Why? He was the scapegoat. Why? He was the leader. Everything rises and falls on leadership influence. And even though they were following David, what did David do? The Bible says David was greatly distressed. That's a man of God. Greatly distressed. Wait a minute. It doesn't stop there. It says but David encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm about to shout right there. Encouraged himself in the Lord. Is there anybody here that's ever encouraged yourself in the Lord? And things had not been going good. And you can't fix all these problems. And you're feeling down in the dumps. But you open up this blessed book right here. And you get with God. And God has a way of lifting up your spirit. And i preaching to any Christians today. I need to know somebody's where I've been. And where I'm at. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Well, how do you get encouraged in the Lord? You know what I believe David did? I believe David remembered all the goodness of God. I believe David at that time in his life, he said, Lord, I remember. You gave me that giant called Goliath. And yes, uh, Lord, you gave me the paw of the lion and the bear. Lord, you've carried me through these storms. I thank you for your goodness. There's somebody in you today that needs to get with God today because you've been discouraged and you've been down. And God says, I will encourage you today. Oh, yes, the Bible has life-changing power. It stands and you can stand on it. What do you do when you're facing fear? I'm on F if you're wondering. Y'all got to follow with me. Fear. I turn in this book right here and I say, Lord, I'm afraid. Or I'm a fearful. Like maybe some of you today. Like when Iran began to shoot the missiles over in the, uh, the U.S., uh, over in the Iraqi bases and such, and the media was hyping it up, and are we going to war? Are there any casualties on the United States? Is this going to, you know, mushroom and become a full-fledged war? Well, what do you do? I turn over there to Second Timothy. You get it? Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And Paul said to Timothy, Son of the Lord, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, phobia, phobia, fear, but of power and of of love and of a sound mind. Telling the Bible has answers. The Bible has God's uh, authority. Yes, it does. What do you do? You turn to Joshua 1 and 9 and see that Joshua's told, Have not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Fear thou not, neither be thou dismayed. I turn over there to Isaiah forty-one ten. Fear thou not; I am with thee. Be not dismayed; I am thy God. I'll help thee. Ye, I will strengthen thee. I will. Day, afternoon, late, at Eddie and uh, Marsha's and the storm came through. All the hype and unfortunate all the destruction that these tornadoes uh, did not only in Alabama, but Mississippi, and even. Louisiana and Texas, and all these places, and and most people were on their edge waiting for these storms. Is it going to bring tornadoes? Is it not? Is it going to hit here? Is it not? And as we were sitting there talking in the living room, I noticed one of their little dogs. uh, uh, My mind's gone blank. Which one? Yeah, yeah, Hoss, the biggest one of all of them. He just began to shake like a leaf on a tree. He's like our dog. Our dog, Sadie, gets all nervous when a storm comes up or when New Year's Day rolls around and firecrackers stop pop, start popping. Boy, she'll start pacing up and down. But you know what I noticed last night? I noticed that little horse, that little dog, came up and got on Mama's lap, Marcia's lap. Even though that dog was shaking still, he, that dog surely felt comfort and peace and the presence of a That owner, that master, I want you to hear me today. Are there ever times when you feel a little bit shaky? You feel a little bit nervous? You feel a little bit uh, unaware of what's going to happen, uncertainty? And brother, when you get with Jesus, he just wraps us up in his bosom says, everything's going to be okay. Oh, yes, he does. Anybody know the God I'm talking about today? If you know him, this is what you do. And when the storms come, he says, I'm going to be with you. I'll speak peace to you in the middle of the storm. Peace be still. I wouldn't know that if I didn't read it in this book right here. My God's a living God. Yes, he is. I said he's a living God. And he gives us peace in the middle of a storm. Oh, praise his holy name. What do you do when you need forgiveness? I'm still on F. I open this book right here and I turn to 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. I find out where John says, now listen to me. I know y- y'all uh, are not perfect. I'm not perfect. Come, can I get amen? What do you do when you know you sinned against God? What do you do when you take your eyes off of Jesus? Wait a minute. I'm not talking about gross sin here, murdering anybody. Let me remind you what sin is. James 4 17 says, He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We think of sin as being some gross, immoral act. No, you just know to do good and don't do it, and God calls it sin. We all sin. We all miss the mark. We are sin-recovering addicts. What do I do? What do you do when you sin against God? You know you sin. You know you've entertained that bitter spirit. You know you've lusted. You know you've been ill and ugly. What do you do? You can't snap your fingers and say, God, it'll be all right god's real and god says there's a cloud hanging over your head you got to get that thing right i turn over there to first john 1 and 9 and john says if we confess our sins plural not sin general as in nature but sin specifically we confess our sins confess homologamon is the word the word homologamon means to say the same thing god says about it it means to admit when's the last time you admitted your sin you're not fooling god You might be trying to fool everybody else around you, but God sees your sin, and you can't hide from God. It's better to go ahead and get right with God and get out of your sin and get it under the blood. I'm preaching myself today. That's all right. Y'all just just take off. I'm telling you, when God says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sins. Forgive them. He sends them away. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If I didn't read that in the Bible... I'd be living in sin. I'd be rebelling against God. Not a murderer, just not doing what I ought to do. And thank God the Bible tells me this is what I need to do. Some of you need to confess your sin today. You had not done it in a while. You need to do it. I love you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You believe, you, you're just going to see it, but you're not going to believe it. That's why you're not going to receive it. Some of you are playing games with God. You're not doing what God tells you to do. That's the reason you're not having the blessings of God on your life. Yeah, God may be blessing people around you, and the sun's shining on you. It shines on the just and the unjust. But if you really want to be in the will of God, you've got to do things God's way. Amen. What do I do when I need grace? I'm on G if you're wondering I'll tell you what I do I turn to Romans 5 in verse 20 where I see what the Lord say where sin abounds grace does much more abound I turn over there to 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 9 through 12 are you familiar with that passage are you That's where Paul was caught up in a third heaven remember I told you you can see the first heaven by day second heaven you can see it by night the third heaven the only way you can see it is by faith okay Paul was caught up in the third heaven. He saw what no mortal man had ever seen. And yet to keep him exalting himself above measure, you know what God did? God allowed Satan, you heard me right, you heard me right, Satan to buffet him. And the word buffet there in 2 Corinthians 12 means to beat him, beat him, black and blue. God allowed Satan to buffet Paul to keep himself from exalting himself above measure, keep from being prideful. God knows how to keep us humble. Oh yes, He does. And you know what Paul did? He entreated the Lord. The Bible says he entreated the Lord. That word "entreated" means it's a strong word. He didn't just say, "Now lay me down to sleep." God is great. God is good. Let Him thank us for our food. Thou said we must be fed. Let him give us the Lord. He entreated the Lord. That means He was intense in His prayers. Remove this thorn. Was it an eye problem? Was it malaria? We don't know. We know this. It was a thorn in His flesh and god came back and said paul my grace is sufficient for thee my grace is sufficient for you let's say that together my grace is sufficient for you i wouldn't know that if i didn't read that in the bible i would think god you're not right like some of you are thinking right now god if you're really god and all here the preacher talk about how good you are and why have i going through all this why have i had to go through all this why is all this bad stuff happening And then I read about Paul, and I said, wait a minute, I'm not any better than Paul is. God said my grace is sufficient. You know what Paul said? He said, most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I'll give, uh," he said, I'll give pleasure in infirmities. I'll have pleasure in infirmities and reproaches in necessities and in persecutions, and in distresses. For Christ's sake, watch this, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. See, you're not believing it and you're not going to see it. Many of you didn't see what I just said because you're not believing it. God says, when we're weak, then we're really strong. Did you believe what I just said? Are you going to see what I just said? If you see and believe what I just said, you're going to walk out changed and say, God, now I see what you're saying. Your grace is sufficient. But I didn't know that if I had not read it in the Bible. I would not have known that. I would not have known that that God is speaking to me through his word what I do when I need help. I'm on H, if you're wondering. I turn over there in the Bible to Psalm 46.1. Don't you love a diet of the Word of God? Oh, yes. Psalm 46.1, the psalmist said this, God is our refuge and strength of very present help and trouble. Don't you love that? Woo! I love it, Pastor. Keep on preaching. God is our refuge and strength of very present help and trouble. Anybody need help today? Anybody need help with the, the things you're dealing with today? God said, I'll be a help to you. And he says further, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea and though the waters are roar roaring are troubled. Ah, oh, God says, be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted among the heat and I'll be exalted. I wouldn't know that if I didn't open my Bible. I'd have to go it alone. I'd have to use my own string. I'd have to pull myself up my own bootstraps like a lot of Christians are doing today. We think that God says, I'm going to save you, take you to heaven. Now go do, live what you want to do and live the way the world says you and react the way the world says. No, know the word. Believe it, see it, receive it, achieve it. It'll make a difference in your life. The Holy Spirit of God will take the word of God and he'll absolutely change your life. A lady had a brain tumor few years ago, I'm talking about a real lady in our community. She knew she was dying. What do you do? You know you're dying. She said, Pastor, I read Psalm 46.1 every night. I said, really? Every night. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help and trouble. What do you do? I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From when whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. Psalm 121. I remember Jenny Mason. That was one of her favorite pastors, Brother Kenneth and Brother Charles. Oh, listen. The Bible's got I I don't care if it's on your app, on your phone. It don't matter if it's in your book right here. Just read it. Just read it. Just live it. Just love it. Just learn it. Hey, let's don't just talk about it, but let's be people of the book. And New Rocky Creek Baptist church said Amen! God granted that we're not just hear the word but not do the word and so what do you do when you seemingly are facing impossible situations I'm on eye, if you're wondering you know this God will make a way when there seems to be no way I wish I had time to talk with you about that personal experiences anybody know what I'm talking about you ever been at the hospital with your Son or daughter, you have, had not you? I've been with you. Down in Florida. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. I wouldn't know that if I didn't read right here where Jesus said, Have faith in God. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 and following. Whatsoever things you ask believing, you shall receive. Oh, yes. Jay, what do I do when I've lost my joy? I'm going to tell you something, folks this is not a cut down at all but the average christian has lost their joy they're not happy anymore sad down sunday we sing we force it you know we hear the word of god we buckle our seat belt we grit our teeth we bear it we, we you know and we critique the message critique the preacher etc 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 but when it comes to joy monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday uh, people that work with us they say well, you went to church yesterday it sure didn't make a difference in you <laughs> There's no difference in you than everybody else I see. What do I do when I've lost my joy? I'm not talking about fake counterfeit. How you acting real happy when deep down inside you're not. I'm talking about turning over to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's say that together. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's say it again. Do Do you believe that? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah was facing external opposition, internal opposition, everything imaginable, 52 y- two days. He finished the work of rebuilding the walls as the governor and as the, uh, the uh, <clears throat> supervisor, if you will. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I turn over there to Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 2. and I find out where the Lord says, therefore with joy shall you draw out of the wells of God's salvation. Look, if you're not drinking from the well with the Lord, on a daily basis, you're not going to be full of joy. You, you ever get around somebody that complains all the time? God help me there. You ever get around somebody that gripes all the time? You ever get around somebody that, that just pulls you down? You don't even re them. Man, you see them, you start walking the other direction. Why? You know they're going to do this and say this? The joy of the Lord is our strength. God's people ought to be the most joyful people in all the world. In fact, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, Paul said this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience. Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 14, hitherto have you asked nothing in my name, asking you receive that your joy may be full. What do I do when I need to be kept by God? I'm okay if you're wondering. What do I do need to do when I'm I need to be kept by God? How many of you are falling into temptation? Spiritual apostasy, spiritual lukewarmness. Just go along with the world, get along with the world. What do, you need to, what do you do when you need to be kept? You're finding yourself drifting. Am I preaching to anybody today? You're finding yourself drifting. You're finding yourself getting further from God. You're finding yourself compromising with things you used to not compromise. You're finding yourself not in the center of the will of God. You're finding yourself not experiencing God and His presence daily. You're in a, in a no man's land. What do you do when you're being tempted on every hand? I'll tell you what you do. You turn over to Peter's writing, chapter 1, verse 5. We're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last days. We're kept by the power of God. I turn over to Jude. You know that one chapter of Jude? You know what Jude talks about? He talks about uh, false teachers, their description, their destruction. You know what Jude says? Read verse 24 and 25. And to him that's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior, be glory, honor, majesty, and power both now and forevermore. And to him that's able to keep you from falling. Y'all listen to me. You can't keep yourself from falling into sin. Not by yourself. It takes God to keep us from falling. Some of you think you can and you've, uh, you've already been deceived. Don't be deceived. Talked with a man just last Sunday night. He'd just been delivered from methamphetamines. His name, Clint. He said, Pastor, I've been on the road. He said, but I'm not going to do this. I'm not doing, I've got to set myself away from this and this influence and this influence, or else I'll fall. Now, to him, to say, but to keep you from falling. L, I'm on L. Love, love. There's some of you today that you, you're you looking for love. My, my, my. There's a vacuum in you. You're reading all these books and fantasizing about all this love story and stuff and, and movies and and I'm not saying there's anything wrong if you hold the balance there, but there's a lot of people really needing love deep down inside, and God says, I wouldn't know about love if I didn't read over there where 1 John 4 and 10 says, herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I wouldn't know about love. I wouldn't know about loving God unless I read over in 1 John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. And there's some of us today that need experience the greatest of all. Faith, hope, love. The greatest of bees is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. I'm telling you about what God says in his word. I wouldn't know that if I didn't read the Bible. I'd go along with what this movie star said about love. I'd go along with what this Hollywood person says about love. I'd go along with this rich person that says about love. I'd go along with this successful athlete, what they say about love. And I'd get all mixed up. That's where the average Christian is right there. But if I come to the Bible, I say, Oh, praise God, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. And by the way, do you love God? If you love God, it'll show. If you love God, it'll grow. And if you love God, others will know. Listen, John 14, 21. Jesus said, he that hath my commandments, he that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. I wouldn't know that if I didn't read that in John 14, 21. Do you really love God? Prove it. You mean you won't give more to God than we're giving now? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Let's don't just give lip service. Let's back it up with our life. Love, real love. Do You really love God? Come on. We're giving God leftovers more than what he really deserves. We are. I heard about a Sunday school teacher that gave, Brother Jim, two students, one piece of candy. It it was a box full of candy for Christmas, another one a box full of candy. They opened it up, and uh, the first person student in the room open up the candy went running out of the room started grabbing it around the room the second student they open it up there's a box of candy and that second student said here teacher you take the first part who do you think that teacher is going to be willing more prone to give something to somebody that gives something back to them love it in just a one-way street if you love god it's going to show if you love god you're going to go with the extra mile I'll tell you what, I know when I'm always tested. My time's about gone, but let me listen to me, please. I know when God's up to work in my life, when I'm required to do something I really don't want to do for the Lord, when it costs you something, when it's going the extra mile, when it denies your flesh from doing what the flesh wants to do. How many of us today are denying our flesh? No. Uh-uh. I'll go if it's convenient. and sun's shining today. And, and I'll teach, you know, if, uh, if maybe if I don't have other stuff going on and, and I might be involved in witnessing, you know, once a year or so and I'll read my Bible, you know, when I get in trouble. Come on, who are we trying to fool? You know, I'm not trying to throw rocks. I'm just telling you real love. And, and wait a minute, that leads me to M. M stands for motivated. Well, what keeps me motivated? What keeps me motivated to serve God? Is it a paycheck to get every week? No. God's called me in the ministry. Being faithful to God is my utmost uh, desire. And and I'm trusting God to meet the needs. I told the Lord when he called me in the ministry. And, And so what keeps you motivated to serve God? Why does a person show up every Sunday and somebody doesn't? I'm just being honest. I know you got other things going on. I know some people are working. I'm not saying that. But what keeps somebody who's committed versus somebody who isn't? Tell you what, it's the love of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. But let me back up to verse number uh, 10. You know what keeps me motivated? We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that we may receive what we've done in the body, whether it be good or bad. Do you believe that? You don't believe it, do you? You don't believe it. You're hearing it, but you don't believe it. If you believed it, it change your life you'd know that you're going to stand before God and you'd prepare for it and you'd do something about it. You wouldn't just hear it. I'm just being honest with you. Don't just see it, but believe it and receive it and achieve it. If I know I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ, every Christian, it'll change my life. But if I don't really believe it, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to do. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm going to do and that's it. And then that same passage, the love of Christ constraineth us. Chapter 5, verse 14. It's the love of Christ. The word constrained is suneko, which means it motivates us. You know what motivates us to get up every morning and to serve the Lord? The love of Christ. Once we take our eyes off Jesus and we start putting other things before the Lord, you won't be motivated. Oh, yes. N stands for I've got to fast forward. N stands for needs. God supplies our needs. Yes, I wouldn't know that if I didn't read it in the Bible, Philippians 4 19. I wouldn't know that the Lord said, Bring you uh, wherewithal should a young man. Uh, well, let me back up. Ma- Malachi chapter 3. Uh, when a man robbed God, when we've we robbed thee in tithes and offerings. Listen, in Malachi's day, they were offering up sick sheep, lame sheep. They were giving God leftovers instead of first fruits. Question Your check? <laughs> I'm just being honest. Now, I know some people say, Preachers, you always preach for money. God don't need your money, he don't need mine. He's teaching us to be stewards and he's teaching us how to manage what he gives us. By the way, God can take 80% or 70% what you have and do more with it than you can with 100. I'm not getting a witness there. I knew I wouldn't, but that's all right. That's all right because you don't believe it. But if you believe it, you'll see it. I'm telling you. But look, here's the deal. They were giving God leftovers instead of the top, first fruits. Tell me, is that your challenge? Oh, really? The Word. The Word tells me that. God loves a cheerful giver. The Word tells me that. Jesus said, given it should be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom." Jesus said that. I didn't say that. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? He that sows sparingly reaps sparingly. He that sows bountifully reap bountifully. First Corinthians, uh, rather Galatians, chapter six, verses seven and eight. I wouldn't know that if I didn't read in the Bible. Wait a minute. I've got to go. <laughs> It calls N, our needs, O, opportunities, P, the peace of God, Q, quit sinning, R, rest, S, strongholds. I wouldn't know about strongholds if I didn't read them right here in this old book right here. T, troubles and trials, turns into triumph, U, There's some things I don't understand. What do I do when I don't understand? I turn to this book right here, Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, where God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways aren't your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways. I wouldn't know that. Is anybody here that's going through something you don't understand? I'd read over there. Not only is Isaiah, I'd read in Proverbs three, five, and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all oh, your ways acknowledge Him. He shall direct your path. Sometimes when we can't watch this, see the hand of God, we can trust the heart of God. And there's some of you today that's going through some things you just don't understand. What about it? When I need to wait upon the Lord, I told you Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen. wait on the Lord, be of good courage. He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What do I do when I don't have x-ray vision, but God can see somebody? I'm on x if you're wondering. What do I do? And the years are passing by. How many know that we're not getting any younger? Can I get an amen? I said we're not getting any younger. I'm looking over this direction, uh, namely for a reason. Hey, there's some advantages of getting older and some disadvantages. Can somebody say man? You know the advantages, uh, this, the, the advantages of getting older is uh, you get a break called a senior citizen's break. Hello. We were down at Dairy Queen the other day. It's hard to smile. We were down at Dairy Queen the other day, and uh, Dan and I were, and the lady gave us a senior discount. We sat down at the table. She looked at this. She said, they gave us a senior discount. She said, it must be you. Hallelujah, I'll take it. Somebody say amen. I'll take it. But there's disadvantages. What would you say? I can't hear you. One man said, don't you need a hearing aid? He said, no, I've heard too much already. Don't give me a hearing aid, all right? Hey, but look, there's some advantages. The years are passing by. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. There's a time to be born, there's a time to die. There's a time to plant, there's a time to pluck up that which is planted. There's a time to embrace, there's a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to love, there's a time to hate. There's a time of war, there's a time of peace. For everything, there's a season, there's a time. God has set his eternity in our heart. Yes, what about it? Z, I wouldn't know that I was supposed to serve the Lord with zeal unless I read it in Romans chapter 12. Zeal means on fire. How many ever played with the magnifying glasses when you're younger? You put that magnifying glass up to that uh, uh, piece of uh, grass. Man, I used to love to do this in the summertime. Man, that grass will catch you on fire, buddy. I want to tell you what. You put Jesus in front of you as a magnifying glass, he'll catch your heart on fire. That's what's happening in the church today. People get caught on fire for God. Amen. Because the devil has his crowd on fire. Tell me, as we close right now, the promises of God are near. What are you going to do? You're going to say, God, this day I want to rededicate my life to read your word. And let it read me. you going to believe it or are you just going to see it and not believe it, and not receive it. What are you going to do, Daddy? What are you going to do, husband? I don't know about you all, but this morning I was praying, Oh, God, help me to be a godly dad. Help me to be a godly husband. Help me to be a godly mom. Help me to be a godly grandparent. Let's stand together.